This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. So could uh, former Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz be the Ross Perot of 2020? He was profiled on 60 Minutes last night. It was okay. I mean, it's it only as good as Scott Pelley can do. It's a low bar. He's going to be running as an independent if he decides to run. Uh, Howard Schultz on uh, his discuss with both parties. At the Starbucks headquarters in Seattle, they don't drink coffee like you and me. That's Howard Schultz analyzing each slurp as though he's letting you in on a secret. You taste that earthiness like a Bordeaux wine. That is pretty good. That's something. That is something. Here, people called coffee masters talk about finding romance and passion in a cup. Yeah, that's sort of the uh, NPR-style storytelling you got from uh, Scott Pelley. Uh, Howard Schultz, though, interestingly, talking about uh, sort of like what Mitch Daniels did when he was contemplating running for president in 2012, the Red Menace, the $21 trillion in debt. He didn't mention it, but he could have. Another $85 trillion in unfunded liabilities. And that uh, he... uh, so been a lifelong Democrat, but he's not on board with where the Democrats are on, say, single payer health care, you know, Medicare for all, as it's called. Uh, so what Scott Pelley didn't ask him and he should have given the timeliness of it. What about uh, what's your potential competitor there? The good senator from Massachusetts proposed last week, the wealth tax. Did you catch this? The rich and powerful run Washington. They write the rules of our economy and our government to benefit themselves. And here's one benefit for the ultra-rich. After making a killing from the economy they've rigged, they don't pay taxes on that accumulated wealth. Just think about two people. Someone inherits $500 million worth of yachts and jewelry and fine arts, and a public school teacher with no savings in the bank. They both bring home $50,000, and they both pay the same amount in federal taxes, despite their vastly different circumstances. Now, that's a system that's rigged for the top. We need structural change. That's why I'm proposing something brand new, a tax on wealth. I'm calling it the ultra-millionaires tax, and it just applies to that tippy-top one-tenth of one percent those with net worth above $50 million. It would make the ultra-rich pay their fair share. Yeah. She said she stole a line from Ocasio-Cortez. Tippy-top. Just a tippy-tippy, just the tip. And what a a choice to make. That's the line you want to steal. Wow. Tippy-top. She's uh, trying to uh, capture the zeitgeist of AOC. Well, uh, we should talk to somebody in that uh, tippy-top. (laughs) <laughs> to get uh, his perspective on that. We're pleased to be joined again by Roger Kimball, editor of the New Criterion, columnist for PJ Media and AmericanGreatness.com as well. Roger, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Hey, guys. <clears throat> great, to, uh, great to be with you. Sorry uh, you're having so much snow and cold out there. Yeah, we're used to it. Um, so let me uh, ask you about, uh, first, Howard Schultz's potential independent candidacy. I mean, we go through this every four years. Uh, Michael Bloomberg, uh, four years ago, now we've got uh, Howard Schultz. How serious should we take this prospect? Well, I mean, as a kind of enter as the entertainment candidate, sure. I mean, he's a joke, in my opinion. 
um, a, a bad joke. I should I should qualify that. Um, I mean, here's a man who instructed his employees to hector uh, his customers about race relations. And I mean, he is the um, well, I would say I was going to say he's the identity politics candidate, but he has competition in that sweepstakes, a lot of competition. Yeah. I mean, the Democratic Party really needs to um, find for its own for its own good, and I speak as a Republican, uh, but, but one who believes that a, a vibrant two-party system is important for the health of the country. They need to recapture uh, the Scoop Jackson Democrats. They need to find people who can proudly stand up and say, I'm an American patriot. I believe in the strong foreign policy and a sound fiscal policy. Uh, you know, I mean, your quotations from, from Elizabeth Warren, uh, it, it sounds like a graduate seminar in Marx. Uh, she's one of these people who seem to believe that economics is all about the redistribution of wealth, not the creation of wealth. Yes. Uh, it's, it's, and, of course, the hypocrisy is, uh, it, it's, it's, you know, redolent in everything she says because of course she is herself a conspicuous beneficiary of the system that she now wants to employ to deny others to succeed it's uh it, it's uh it, 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 it would be utterly disgusting if it were not also partly comical yeah well also what could be comical according to cnn white house correspondent jeff zelny formerly with abc news he said that hillary clinton is not ruling out a presidential rematch for 2020 i hope, I hope she runs yeah i hope too. she runs yeah I hope she runs for sure no, i i uh, no, this is the uh i think i might see if i can invest in a political consultancy uh, uh stock because these guys are going to drop a lot of money a lot of money uh billions uh, uh with, a, with a b and an s there and and uh um, but you know so far there doesn't seem to be a plausible democratic candidate the other thing that's interesting about uh, Warren's proposed uh, wealth tax, in addition to borrowing the dizzying lingo of uh, Ocasio-Cortez, is that it turns out uh, that would be uh, violative of the 16th Amendment. But I suppose we right. don't have a Democrat Party that's particularly uh, concerned with the Constitution anymore either. No, you know, the, that's the thing about the Constitution. It was, uh, it was written as a document uh, to defend people against the incursions of the coercive side of the um uh, of the state it was it was a document to preserve uh, liberty and um you know after a few hundred years of uh, left-wing hermeneutical ingenuity it has in many cases been twisted uh, uh to do the exact opposite um uh, I mean, actually, the 16th Amendment is one of my least favorite amendments. Uh, so I, I, I don't believe in the income tax, but that's a that's another that's another um, subject. So the federal, yeah. but no, the yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, just, just moving on, President Trump obviously announced that uh, a three-week stopgap spending bill that's going to end the longest government shutdown. People are back at mm. work today. Do you think this is yeah. just a band-aid? And what do you think he's going to do in three weeks? Is he going to? Are we going to have the same yeah, movie I, played? Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, no, it won't be. It'll be, uh, it will be, um, it will be, you know, part two. So the special effects will be uh, bigger okay. and uh, louder. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you'll have a few new guest stars. I, I really hope that, uh, um, for the country's sake, and for his political future, that um, that this accommodation, this temporary accommodation, will turn out to be only that. 
uh, in my view, uh, he has to make good on this central campaign promise to to be seen to have built a wall. He just he just has to, uh, not for its symbolic value, but because he was elected uh, in large part to do something about illegal immigration along our southern border, and this is uh, this is absolutely critical um, for his standing with with his base and. I think uh, he will do, he will, I hope, he will uh, essentially use his executive powers to get the wall built, whether or not Congress appropriates the money. So, I'd, I'd, I would I'd prefer that he not actually declare a state of national emergency and just use his powers as commander in chief and the you know rather vast pockets of money that are just floating around the federal bureaucracy to get it done. Um, I, I, I don't know whether the, I, I don't believe that Nancy Pelosi is, uh, negotiating in good faith, but we'll see the three weeks is not very far away. So we'll see what happens between now and then. So the, the last week, it seems to me, both with demurring to Nancy Pelosi on the state of the union address, as well as mm-hmm. this, uh, reversal of position in providing yeah. for this, uh, three week interregnum, Trump has become mm-hmm. very conventional. And uh, he got yeah. to the place he's at by being unconventional. And these, these, this to me, both of them are opportunities that scream to me the need for unconventionality in terms of addressing these problems that have been loggerheads between the parties for generations. Obviously, the border security and the State of the Union, and mm-hmm. and and using the bully pulpit that he used to make his capitulation announcement on Friday. I, I I sense that he is in a very dangerous place because if he becomes a conventional politician like the surrender Republicans that he beat in the 2016 primary, then he's over. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I agree with that. I, I agree. I don't know. I don't know what the, the status quo is. Frankly, it's, it's um, you know, you, you don't know what's a feint, what's a gambit, what's a bargaining chip. Um, uh, you know, he is, uh, if you'd like to point out, an expert negotiator, and and we'll see, uh, we'll, and we'll see quickly. I, I um, you know, it's, it, once you remember that he's he's throughout this process, he's done a number of um, unconventional and gutsy things. Uh, you know, perhaps my favorite was his his sudden letter uh, to Nancy Pelosi when yes. she was on the bus to the airport, uh, telling her that she was not going to Afghanistan on military transport. But of course, she was uh, welcome. To fly commercially, if <laughs> she chose, uh, that was uh, that was a day brightener. But um, <laughs> you know, no, 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 no other president would have done that, and that was brilliant. That was absolutely brilliant because it signaled that he was willing to play hardball. So that was a, a stick. Now perhaps we have a carrot. Um, we'll, we'll see what we'll see what happens. Um, but I, I, I agree with you. If 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 he um, if he becomes conventional all of a sudden, if he uh, it grows soft. Uh, uh, he'll, he'll eat them alive. He is Roger Kimball, editor of the New Criterion, columnist for PJ Media. You can also uh, find his work routinely at amgreatness.com. Roger, thanks as always for joining us. Appreciate it. Great, great to chat with you guys. Bye-bye. Thanks. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. Connect with Dan and Amy using the AM560 mobile app. Download it today at 560theanswer.com slash mobile.